How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. You know, same old, just trekking along here. Week five in quarantine. Yeah. A little, a little over a month now, right? Yeah. So yeah, week five. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good. It's getting hard, but um, we don't really have another choice. We're just like pushing through. So yeah. Um, one thing that we got out of quarantine was the Global Citizens One World at Home. Yeah, what well, was a One World Together at Home, like presented by Global Citizens with the World Health Organization or some shit. Curated by Lady Gaga. Curated by Lady Gaga, hosted by three terrible late night hosts. Oh, um, God. Yeah, I mean, we can just go through it. The first, it opened with Lady Gaga, and I swear she had a camera crew there. Yeah, so this is a consistent thing Abby and I were texting about during this broadcast, and we were like, these must have had, a lot of these people must have had camera crews because the the quality is just way too high to be shot on an iPhone for some people. For other people, it definitely was evident that they were filming on an iPhone. I and think... The people in LA had camera crews and then anywhere else you didn't have a camera crew because it went from Lady Gaga, Stevie Wonder definitely had a camera crew, JLo a thousand percent had a camera crew. JLo like recorded hers in a studio and then lip sang to it. That's my opinion. Like a bunch of people, it seemed like they had sweeping angles and steady camera work and yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, some but then people uh, Paul McCartney and, like, Casey Musgraves had, you know, it was just shot on, on an iPhone, it looked like. I yeah. think Taylor's looked like it was shot on an iPhone, too, if I remember correctly. Or, um, like, her laptop or something, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some sort of, like, you know, do it at home kind of thing. But I don't know, what, what do we think about that? Clearly, some of these people had a camera crew, for example, like you said, like, um, Lady Gaga and, um, j-lo but like how are they how like how are they getting people in their home to do that if the whole point of this is to be self-isolating and not letting like random people in your house like did they just yeah. like wear masks and gloves did they were they like tested first have they been quarantining with the celebrities like i don't know it's i don't know it felt very hypocritical when I saw that, that the first, like, three performances seemed like they were from, and, and I tweeted about it, and it, it was just kind of like, really, Lady Gaga, it seems like she has a camera crew, maybe she doesn't, maybe she just has a camera, and then her fiancé was just holding it, like, yeah, right, maybe it's just a really high-quality camera, I mean, you do have to think these are, like, rich people who maybe they do just have like a really high quality camera laying around the house and they threw it on a tripod and like maybe they have three and they did them from different angles and like I don't know but it to me it's like it would seem like it would make sense given the quality that they had a full camera crew of people and the guy with like the boom stick and shit but like right. that's very irresponsible right now and I feel like they should have just, I feel like they should have been transparent about it, like, a, you know, like, give a disclaimer or something, like, we talked about a lot of podcasts we were listening to give a disclaimer, like, this was recorded previously, so when we mentioned going out and about, 
um that was before all this so like i feel like it would it it warranted a little disclaimer and the fact that they didn't give one definitely makes me think that some like weird shit was going on that's a really cynical take yeah it's weird because so during the day there was a live stream all day long right and so this ha- this all was definitely recorded it wasn't live none of it right. was live exactly i think that was the annoying, right so the annoying thing that i thought of the live stream was that it said from hour 0 to 2 this many people could be performing from hours 3 to 4 this many people and they sang one song each and right. it, to me i thought that they were going to be doing mini sets because if it's going to be hours and hours long, why are we having them perform one song and then have them come back later and perform another song? Like it just didn't seem to make sense. Yeah. To me, it seemed more like it was supposed to be almost like award show uh, format, you know, where like someone just does one song or maybe a matchup or something. Um, But you know, they're not, unless it's like a big tribute thing, they're not, on the stage much longer than like one song or maybe two i think stevie wonder was a notable one he sounded really great yeah yeah elton john had a lot of people divided because i think that that was not a good performance for him yeah yeah i mean this just leads into a larger conversation but it was just so funny to me that he was like in front of like a basketball hoop like on his driveway and it looked like again a really high quality video like Gaga and Stevie Wonder and but like it also seemed like he was lip syncing and it was just like it was it was just strange I don't know it was like a weird thing like you said like it divided people like my parents both love Elton John so much he's like their all-time fave and um my dad liked the performance and my mom didn't Right. So it was like very divisive. Well, that and it sounded like he was yelling, like it wasn't singing. Right. right. I read this article and I'm gonna bring this article up again later because I thought it was really good. Um, I think it was like the New York Post or something. They yes. they said he like barked. I'm still standing. <laughs> like the New like, York Post hated this. Yeah, I was that was reading that article. That's what prompted uh, a conversation I had last night with my family. And what's going to prompt a lot of this, because, like, they made some really good points. They were very, very, very mean, but, like, they also made a lot of good points. They hated, they hated it. I mean, I didn't love it. Some, some of it was nice. My favorite part was Casey Musgraves. Mm. Like, I think that hearing her voice is like hearing an angel from heaven tell you, like, it'll all be all right. and obviously that's just like a really emotional song for me because it represents like a really great time in my life. And like mm-hmm. I saw her performing at the Grammys, like a little flex. And um, it just reminds me of like really good times, which I don't know. It, it's like bittersweet. It's like happy to remember them, but really sad that we are where we are now. Um, so I really liked Casey. I liked Lizzo's performance. I thought her vocal sounded amazing. I thought she sounded good. Josh was like confused. I don't know. He wasn't he wasn't really paying attention. I don't know. Um I will say that my dad was texting me during it. Mm-hmm. And I had to explain to him. So one of the last performances, second to last, was Taylor. 
And he was like, she, you know, I would have expected more from her. I was like, dad, she's never performed this song live because it's about her mom having cancer. And she said in multiple interviews, she wasn't going to perform it live and the courage it took her to be able to perform it. Like she's never actually saying it without crying. And he, yeah. he didn't know that. And so right. I think a lot of people were being a little critical of her, but when you know that that's what she was going through, you could tell she was tearing up when she was playing it. So she sounded great in my opinion. And I think that that was one of my favorite performances of it. Yeah. That I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because we had almost the exact same conversation. Like me and my sister or except we were on the same page We were talking about how we again have like a little cynical theory that she was almost pressured into singing that song because they're like, right. They're like, this is your saddest song, so sing it. But really, like you said, she said she'd never sing it live. This was the first time she sang it live. She also said that she almost didn't put it on the album. Like, she had to have a long, drawn-out conversation with not only her team, but her family um, about whether it was appropriate to put the song on the album. So it was almost, like, never heard. And so, like, like you said, for her to be singing that, I don't think a lot of people knew the background behind it I don't think people knew what they were hearing at all and so I think again it would have been nice to have some sort of disclaimer or like explanation or something I don't know like a little thing of her at the beginning saying like I wrote this about xyz um tonight I dedicate it to all of you like I think that would have been helpful I know it would have been kind of awkward and hard for her to like get out but I don't know I just think or it's either that or people need to just stop being ignorant and like assuming that they know everything when they don't um because there was so much more to this story that only like big fans and like pop people like us know um but yeah given all those factors I do think she sounded great um same thing I feel like hearing her voice is just comforting and like you know, she's just a natural on the piano and everything. And, and I, I enjoyed that a lot. I liked that one too, too, a lot, yeah. but um, it was definitely, it was like the whole night, actually, it, me and my sister were talking about how it seemed like they were just making people sing their saddest songs. If you don't have a sad song, do a cover, like mm-hmm. how like, Sean and Camila did a cover. And oh. so I was <laughs> Oh, let's talk about that. For one we second. can get into that. We can get into that. But last thing about Taylor though, um, it's like a weird thing, right? Because if you think she didn't sing Soon You'll Get Better, what would she have sung instead? Exactly. And I was listening to Chicks in the Office yesterday and they said the same thing. It's like, she's not going to sing Shake It Off. Shake It Off, exactly. And that that like opens up a wider conversation about what this whole thing was supposed to be. Was it, it was supposed to be... It was supposed, supposed to be... Uplifting? Right. It was supposed, was supposed to be uplifting. It was supposed right. to be uplifting, but everyone there is singing sad songs, so it's like... Song, and in between sad songs, they're showing, like, images and videos of, like, people in hospitals, nurses, like, you know, dealing with these emergencies, which we know is out there happening. And I know this might sound insensitive to some people, but definitely in my house and in my family, that's not the best thing we want to see because we already know that's out there happening. I understand that it's for the people who are ignorant, who don't maybe don't understand. And then they put it on because their favorite singer is going to perform and they're like, Oh wow, this is really bad. And I should donate some money. Um, I get that that was the idea, but for me, it seemed like I just wanted a night of like almost ignorance is bliss and like just watching my, my 
favorite singers perform. And I, I don't know about you, but like, I would have loved to like be dancing to shake it off instead of like crying about, you know, the crisis that's happening. But I know everybody handles it differently. So that's just me, but plenty of other people th would think it's insensitive to be singing an upbeat, happy song ever during something like this. So it, 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 it begs a larger question. I will say that it's, it was aimed towards middle America. And unfortunately, right. middle America is, I don't want to get political, but middle America, most of the time is going to be voting for Trump. The problem yeah. with this thing is that it was recorded before Trump stopped funding WHO. Oh, so yeah. they're, they're tr preaching to a choir that isn't going to listen because mm -hmm. Trump already stopped funding WHO. So all these people that are his little disciples are watching this, but they're not going to fund WHO. And that was the whole purpose of it. Right. For because sure. people like us already know what's going yeah. on and are self-isolating, are doing all the things that they need to do. That's a good point. And don't need the reminder where people in middle America who are still going and going to the beaches in Florida and doing whatever they right. want to do. Protesting. Are, right. Are, are the people that this is aimed towards. But those are the people that also are protesting saying we need to open our economy. So it was kind of pandering towards the wrong crowd in a way. It was like falling on deaf ears in a way. Yeah. Even though in a perfect world, like I said, like in a perfect world, yeah, I wish that would get to somebody who might see it and be like, oh, wow, this is really bad. I should donate some money and stop being a jerk. But like, that's not the world we live in. Yeah. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Going back to the Shawn Mendes, Camila Cabello yes. thing. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions on that. So <laughs> Nicole and I were texting about this while it was happening, but there are a lot of theories that their relationship is a PR stunt, which honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was because neither of them look happy when they're together. It's very <laughs> awkward. It's like there were videos of the two of them looking like they were stoned out of their minds, walking really fucking slow, <laughs> just like taking their daily stroll. I don't know. So they sit down at this piano together and they sing, what song do they sing? I don't even um, remember. What a Wonderful World, I think. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because like, oh, they're not singing Senorita, like. Right, it was weird. So they both look uncomfortable. She, she looks like she's like stuffed into the corner. He looks like he borrowed one of her blazers they're singing and they look stiff like they just don't have emotion it felt like right. and and they're known for being uncomfortable together where they're like almost kiss but not really and we were joking about oh maybe they'll almost kiss whatever but imagine being in quarantine with someone that you're in a fake relationship with and then having to live live stream or video yourself pretending to be like in love i don't know maybe they are and they're just weird i don't yeah. know it's just a conspiracy theory, but, like, it's just hilarious to imagine. And me and my sister were talking about the same exact thing. It's just so hilarious to imagine being like, yeah, we can fake date. We'll see each other sometimes, whatever. But then being like, actually, you can't leave each other's presence for who knows how long. Good luck. So I wouldn't be surprised if we come out of this with them being, like, broken up and being like, just going off in completely different directions. I don't know, but um, so they can write albums. They can go write music. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just like it, it, it. The reason I think people think it seems forced is because like before Camila went solo from Fifth Harmony, her first like solo song with like just her was a feature. It was like a duet with Shawn Mendes, mm-hmm. and like it wasn't really successful. It was like kind of it was like top twenty. Like people knew it, but like it wasn't some crazy big hit. And um and then obviously like they did Senorita, so I feel like it's just the classic thing where it's like oh you guys had songs together and like people so associate you two together they could be really dating and we could just be super cynical yeah exactly who can blame us though Um, (laughs) but also a few weeks ago earlier when like this whole thing started originally um not at the very beginning closer to the beginning I think they did a smaller thing where they just what it was a pre-recorded video of them singing and whatever on like it must have been like the today show or something it was something like more like low-key it wasn't a whole big thing like this was the you know one world together at home thing so the songs weren't as serious so she was just singing some song about love or sex or whatever from her album right and people were really dragging her on twitter because um she didn't sound good like her voice sounded awful she was, like, trying to do some shit that, like, only, you know, Mariah Carey can do, and she just didn't sound good, and Sean was just, like, over there next to her, like, really shredding away on the acoustic guitar, and people just kept posting it to be mean and to troll, so I was a little nervous to, like, hear them this time around, and I do think her vocal was a lot better, mm. um, but that's, like, about it. Like, yeah. that's, that's the bare minimum. Like, your vocal's good. That's the bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens when they come out of uh, quarantine. Um, Yeah, another performance that I think might have been my favorite was (laughs) the Rolling Stones. Oh my god, can we talk about those? So, (laughs) so it like starts with just Mick Jagger and then it like opens to the rest of the band and then you see Charlie in the bottom, I think he was in like the bottom right hand corner and he (laughs) he's about 80 years old at this point, like he is old. And oh he's just, he's just with his little drumsticks, just playing on a suitcase and some pots and pans, and he is living. Oh my god! Why is I don't know. Like he definitely has like six drum kits in his basement. Like you can't tell You're me. The drummer of one of the most famous rock bands ever. Like what? So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was just very funny that that was happening it was like ridiculous like i mean it was funny because like i was i was explaining to my sister the whole like running joke in like the dad rock world that like keith richards is alive from the dead or something because he just looks he looks awful and he just looks awful but i think like you said like the drummer looked even worse like he looked like he was like not even in his own body and was like possessed by maggots or something that's a really dark thing he really had grandpa vibes like oh my god great grandpa vibes he really had grandpa vibes and like the rest of the band is just trying to be 70 and still be you know 30 at the same time and really just like completely gave into the grandpa vibes yeah it was um it was interesting because it's like, like i feel like you and I, we kind of know that they, like, have been touring, um, obviously not now, but, like, in our 
college lives like even though it seems like well like they're so years old. ago yeah like yeah so it's kind of weird to think because you see them and you're like oh my god they toured at this age too like this oh is yeah easy. this is easy for them they're just in their homes like this is the easiest it'll get but they were actually like so like imagine being at that show and being like wow i can't wait, wait to see them and then they look like that like zombies Mick Jagger just like looks like he has a skeleton wearing a skin suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's still going at it with the, the voice and everything. And I don't know. Um, yeah. other performances that you thought were notable. Um, I don't know if I thought this was notable, but I thought it was really funny that Keith Urban had three of himself. Oh my god! One is enough of Keith Urban, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, so it was one of those things where he was like, it started with just him singing, and then he appeared behind himself, like, playing guitar, and then another one playing another instrument, and it was just, like, slowly multiplying Keith Urban's, and it made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Keith Urban himself confuses me, because he's an Australian guy who sings American country music. It doesn't make any sense at all. I'm not confused. Three of them showed up. I was, <laughs> my dad was like, why are you hating on Keith Urban? I was like, why are there three of him? Yeah, really. Maybe just show up as one of you and then we'll talk about yeah. how much hate on you because so, that is ridiculous. Yeah. And so my dad and I were texting throughout and we have this ongoing joke that um, John Legend is my guy because my sister, for some reason, asked me, what the difference between John Legend and John Lennon were. And so oh, I had to explain to her that one of them was a beetle and one of them <laughs> has an egot. And so my dad, always, yeah. And so my dad always texts me and goes, oh, it's your guy, Mr. Egot. And so there was a time a couple weeks ago, oh, it was probably a couple months ago at this point, where he was interviewed and was asking, was being asked about Palestine and um, he, or he commented about the like inhumane treatment of people in Palestine. And so if you know me, you know, I'm Jewish and that I am like pro-Israel. And so my dad had texted me and was like, cancel Mr. Egot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, did you read the article? He didn't read the article. He was just saying that, you know, people are being treated poorly. People are being treated poorly. <laughs> okay, moving on. So, we'll Mr. Egot, <laughs> Mr. Egot performs not once, but twice. Yep. He performed his own song, and then he performed at the end with Celine Dion, Andrea Pacelli, um, who else was in that? John Legend, and Lady Gaga, and Lady Gaga. Gaga and yeah. they performed The Prayer, and so, <laughs> a lot of people are like, why was John Legend in that? He, like, doesn't sing opera stuff like that you know it's yeah. a very operatic like it's literally like a prayer um, right, right. and my dad was like oh mr egot's doing opera now at the end um i think that was actually a really good performance and it definitely um showed the wide range of him as an artist but also the wide range of lady gaga as an artist because yeah. like damn yeah so, <laughs> yeah yeah that certainly was interesting. I think they were also dragging him in that New York Post article about like oh, that yeah. it was like just to show off his his egot trophies like right on his right. piano as he performed. Um, I mean that like, could just be where he has his piano. Right. 
I mean, if I had an EGOT, I'd put them on my piano. I mean, it was right behind him, so yeah, I get it. I get it. And then Chrissy Teigen was, like, tweeting about it, too. Love yeah. her. You know, she's yeah. very self-aware. She was like, yes. I'm so proud of John. Like, stop dragging him, blah, blah, blah. But he yeah. uh, he was being dragged for that last performance because everyone else was performing in their, like, recording studios with their, like, actual mics, and he's sitting there on his stair staircase with <laughs> one AirPod in singing and everyone was like that's not professional blah 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 whatever Andrea Pacelli's like standing with his arms out wide like come you know yeah that's so funny they yeah. didn't match energy you know it no happened. they did not match energy <laughs> but I don't know I just it was an it, overall it was a very uh entertaining time sure we didn't even talk about the worst part, which was the freaking late night hosts. Oh, right. Oh it, my God. It Awful. really showcases how bland white men are when they don't have an audience to play off of. Right. Because they would say things and I would be like, wait, was that a joke? And then apparently it was because they would like wait and be like, but there was no oh, studio yeah. audience to tell us when it was funny. So I just kind of realized how not funny they were. Stephen Colbert was the worst. Oh my God, awful. Like he, he would just speak in the same tone when he was supposed to be like joking. I joking. think I love Jimmy Fallon and I think that he was the funniest out of all of them. Right. He did a little performance with The Roots. Right, 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 right. Which I appreciate because him and The Roots, I mean, we love The Roots, shout out Philly, yeah. but- his chemistry with the roots is really funny like him and Questlove yeah. you can tell that him and Questlove are genuinely friends when they like right, exactly. bop and whatever so I thought that that was good and Jimmy Kimmel was just like there like he didn't really do much I do not like Jimmy Kimmel I feel like he tries so hard like I don't know I just get this vibe from him that he's just like trying super duper hard to be like the most hilarious person and everything he says it just makes me cringe like he looks like your friend's dad who like always tries to make jokes during carpool and it's like <laughs> why are you talking like just shut up and drive Ugh. yeah so, I mean I don't I don't watch his show I even watch Jimmy Fallon I don't watch any of them, but if I had to pick, I would watch Jimmy Fallon. I liked his career, like, a lot more before when he, like, did more just acting. Um, yeah. So I kind of love that, like, association with him. But I don't love any of them. I feel like Jimmy's, like, the least insufferable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's also known for, like, laughing way too hard at everything. So I think I saw some people joking that like he would start cracking up at all the tragedies and that that would be really inappropriate. Yeah. He kept it together, but I don't know, maybe not the best fit. All I know is that I understand Lady Gaga curated it. I got it. But I do think that we should, there should have been some sort of blanket statement saying you have to be singing when this video is being taken you cannot be lip syncing because j-lo sure is how lip lip sync lip sunk whatever however you say it um and it really wasn't fair to people like paul mccartney who literally like honestly imagine paul mccartney trying to set up an iphone to record himself like it was 
very much an iPhone in the vertical position, not horizontal. You could see the sides. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> he was very much live on his on an iPhone, and he sounded very good for being on an iPhone. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, I hope that they don't do something like this again. But that's yeah, it, that's yeah, yeah. Very strange. Um, I know that they are doing some things like this not like the world health organization or global citizen specifically but you know every kind of organization like a lot of like non-profit charitable kind of organizations are jumping on this thing where they just want to show their support so i know like there's some other smaller ones happening that aren't being like as big like they're not being billed as huge like lady gaga curates there's three late night hosts like it's not like that it's just kind of like here's some more artists you might like they're singing enjoy um i do know of some of those coming up i think there's like one tomorrow um and i definitely think that like artists are going to continue doing these kinds of things where they do like just live concerts oh yeah like, living room on instagram live or something um that's going to continue to happen hopefully you know we get a better sense of like what should and shouldn't be done um which at this point i feel like anybody listening knows like how we feel about like what should and shouldn't be done um it's obviously a very like weird time to be deciding like what's right and what isn't so we're all just like figuring it out and learning and i know artists are trying to do their best but sometimes it's best to just like i don't know be quiet <laughs> No, I know. I know that there's a Triller Fest, so if you oh, know really? TikTok, Triller is like the yeah. same thing as TikTok. Right, very similar. Um, and they're doing something. I know mm -hmm. RCA is doing a lot. Like Tate McRae is going live on the RCA page like constantly. I don't yeah. know. Um, and I do think that we were talking about this, but there is a burnout with this live is that you have to constantly be connected and you have to constantly know what's going on. And so I think it's hard. Yeah, I want to see all these people, but I think that it's really difficult to navigate, you know, do I want to spend this time on live when I can spend this time doing, you know, something that isn't as exhausting in a way. Right. Something for, for me, whether it's like napping or reading a book, like, do I want to do that? Even, yeah, for me, it's like, obviously like Justin he's my favorite and like I always want to be watching what he's doing but like I said on another episode like he has been going live so much I actually can't keep up like it would be oh, he's going live like constantly <laughs> nothing else and it's not a big deal because if he says anything like super crazy or funny or like whatever or like make some wild statement about like oh I'm recording the music guys like it'll be on Twitter after. So I don't, like, clips will be on Twitter. People will be talking about it. So I'll be in the loop. But I don't need to watch him, like, just, like, go live with random people in Australia and be like, how are you guys today? Like, it's cute. Right. It's so cute the first 20 times. But now I, like, it's okay to, it's okay to, like, be a huge fan of somebody and not watch every single thing they do. I think that's something that we have to accept as, like, big fans I mean that's the case with, with anybody that you're a huge fan of the truth is we have lives like we have careers we have families we have personal things and it it is impossible to constantly be up like I wasn't watching the global citizen thing until eight o'clock when it was like on 
cable TV, even though it was streaming during the day all afternoon, because my family wanted to hang out and like play games like we have been doing every weekend. And that, those to me are like the best times. Um, and it's like one of the only silver linings of this whole thing is that I can be with my family and play games that we always want to play together, like Marjan. And um, are you so, Marjan? Are you my Bubby? Yeah, uh, you didn't know how much I play Marjan. I'm a boss at Marjan. I've won like a million times. Do you guys play for money? No, we don't play for money. We no, my, bubby, for my bubby plays Mahjong three times a week. Well, she can't anymore. And they're 25 cent buy-ins. So at the end of the game, she'll have $5. She can go to Starbucks. There you go. Yeah, I know. I Well, like my grandma like used to have the card memorized. Like she played so much, she had the card memorized. And um, I think all my grandmas have, have played. It's very I, much a grandma game. We joke all the time. Like we pretend to be like old Jewish ladies. And oh, yeah. Like, it's really fun. We don't take it super seriously. Like we yeah. joke the whole time and we like make jokes like about things and, and I don't know. We're just very silly and it's absolutely the best. You technically need four people to play, but we play with like a dummy. Um, me and my mom and my sister and a dummy. Uh, so yeah, super off topic here, but if you want to learn how to play Marjan, hit me up. It's super fun and I'm super bored and I can teach you how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> moving on. So let's get to it. So let's get to it. Um, one thing that has been developing a little bit more is this One Direction reunion. Um, I guess apparently uh, Liam Payne confirmed that it's happening minus Zane. So they right. were there's a video of him uh with James Corden. James Corden. I think so. Yeah, talking about it. Um talking about how he's been keeping in touch with Niall, Louis and Harry and no yeah. mention of Zane. So there's that. I am not one of those people that's constantly like following, kind of like you said about the Justin thing. I'm not checking Twitter every five seconds. Like right. I would have done that 10 years ago, but now that yeah. I'm where I am, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't need to do that. I will, you know, it doesn't mean you're any less of a fan. Like you're still, no, a huge fan. it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And so one of my best friends from home has been sending me um, like one direction themed TikToks Cause they're actually really funny. Oh and yeah. I've seen them. They're funny. Yeah. And so it's like, we're living, our 10 years ago when we were, you know, going to see them and stuff like that. So it's yeah. kind of funny and it's a little throwback. Um, yeah. Today, Big Time Rush decided oh, to yeah. uh, send out a video of them talking about how people need to stay home and trying to become relevant again. And I feel like they're doing it because of the tales of a, a One Direction reunion idea. Right, right. So that's that on that. <laughs> that's how yeah, I it's, almost, it. it's almost like everybody's at home. They have all this free time we might as well have a big time rush reunion. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. only happening because it can, because there's all this free time. It's like, there's no real, not yeah. like this was in the works. I don't know. No. Um, another thing that Demi Lovato, Sam Smith song that we were talking about last week is not about the Olympics. <laughs> I don't know if you listened to it. I don't know if you listened to it yet. Did you listen to it? I actually didn't. I'm a liar. Like, oh, I was like, well, but I was like, I'm going to listen to it, but now I will. I it's a bop. 
but it's about being ready for love. Oh, okay. So, so what's the cover art? I don't know. Champions of Love, who knows? But it's very good. And I I liked it. Um, cool. do you have any releases that really uh stuck with you this week? Yeah, I know this isn't necessarily our brand, um, but Fiona Apple did release a record called Fetch the Bolt Cutters that is kind of taking the music world by storm. Um, it's incredibly, like, critically acclaimed. Um, it got a 10 on Pitchfork for what it's worth, even though Pitchfork rating system is completely arbitrary and we put way too much weight on it. Just saying. Um, but it also, it also got, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of critical acclaim from other people. I'm expecting, like, Popcast to do an episode. Um, I already listened to, like, two NPR um, all songs considered episodes about it. So um, people are are really into that. Um, I definitely think it's a contender, an early contender for like album of the year at the Grammys. I think it's something that will kind of define, it's like one of those like early in the decade defining albums. Um, so it's really good. It's again, like how we talked about with Childish Gambino, like a little gatekeepery, but like less. It's like a little easier to understand what's going on. I mean, the songs have titles, so that alone. Um, it's a little bit hard to understand what's going on, but I tried my best to like listen to the lyrics because she is a poet, you know, like she's a yeah. poet. So I obviously was like try, trying to do my, my thing where I automatically want to listen for production, but I was like, wait, like let's listen for lyrics. I know that's something weird I have to tell myself, but it's like now that I have more time in quarantine, I actually have time to go back and listen to lyrics, which is nice. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some like good stuff that I understood. There's a song about like being bullied by other girls in middle school, which is like something we can all relate to. Um, and, you know, just like a lot of really poignant lyrics about the current state of the world, not the current current state of the world, the current state of like the Trump world. Um, because it was all recorded before like corona happened but um still relevant though i'm sure you could apply those lyrics to this um and just like super uplifting not really uplifting but like it's good to know that there's something there that we can like turn to mm. in this like time we were talking i was talking about it with my mom she was like why did Lady Gaga, you know, delay her record? Like, she had no idea that the record was supposed to have been out, you know, like, two, almost two weeks ago now. Um, and I was like, oh, well, you know, she had her reasons, X, Y, Z. And my mom was like, she should just release it. Like, we barely have anything. We have no live shows, like, no sports. You know, we need things to hold on to and to keep us sane. And I was like, that's a really good point, mom. And that's kind of, like, the approach some artists have been taking. Like, Dua Lipa still released and... Um, now in this case Fiona Apple still released because it has been eight years since her last record so I don't think she wanted to wait another minute like mm -hmm. so that's really cool too that we kind of have this really great record that makes you think and takes a lot of time to unpack and like re-listens and everybody's just like bored looking for something to do so it's it's nice to have that um definitely like not the usual kind of music that we talk about or listen to but I still recommend it she's incredibly talented artist and poet and um critics are not gonna shut up about this record so you may as well get into it <laughs> fair i haven't listened to it yet so that's my yeah i, I almost didn't i almost didn't because i've never listened to her before and i was like yeah what's what's the point but then i was bored so i listened mm -hmm. to it and it was good 
was good. Um, besides that, I mean, I agree with releasing. I feel like right now is the perfect time if you were going to release something to release it because all eyes are on entertainment. Yeah. And I know Lady Gaga waited because she had that tour that was going to accompany it. And I understand, you know, you don't want to ruin the album cycle, blah, blah, blah. But I do think that right now is a really good opportunity for artists to be releasing because they'll be able to get those streams. Yeah. And I think just, you know, also a big part of what was going on with Lady Gaga is like, she is a very, she's known for being like, I don't want to say woke because that's like, I don't know, not a great term, but she's very sensitive to what's going on always has been always been an activist always been a philanthropist and I think she might have been worried that people would have taken it the wrong way to be like we're out here dying and you're singing about stupid love like you know what I mean I think her fans wouldn't mind her fans want the record obviously I want the record and um but I think she's just she's like overly cautious of those kinds of things. She like, she like overcorrected. She's like, not only am I not going to release my album, but I'm going to curate this thing for you guys. You know what I mean? I think that's her whole brand and she wanted to keep it intact and be like, just in case anybody finds this to be like insensitive. Right. I think it also all stems from that first record contract where she was forced to do what they wanted her to do. Right. And so now that she's not in that, she can do whatever she wants. Totally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Again, it's one of those dividing things. Would you rather have have the record now or later for me? The answer is almost always now, but I totally understand the other perspective too. So. Right. Yeah, I get it. And I think that it's also difficult to, to understand her we're not her. It's, it's hard to understand her, her thoughts and what she wants. And she's, you know, she's boss. She does what she wants. So. Yeah, exactly. She's in control. She's in charge. And right. That's the thing we really don't know. Like she did release the album cover. Um, but I don't think we have a solid like track list. So you never know. There might be a song on there that is no longer appropriate or something, make some sort of, some sort of joke that is no longer appropriate. And so she had to kind of pivot. Um, we, you don't really know. You just kind of have to, like, trust her and hope for the best. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, it'll it'll be there. You know, right. that's the thing is we're so focused on now, 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 because that's what we have. But we have to remember that, you know, there is a, a long run. There will be time after this. And I know that we're focusing on, like, day by day, hour by hour. But there is a long run. And, you know, it might benefit the long run more than it would the current situation so right exactly yeah that's that's a really good point it is it's hard to think past all of this because we are so like enveloped in it but there will be a time after this it it might be a little different but there will be a time after this when things are back to normal I don't know when but there will be and like you said artists need to be thinking about that as well and thinking about like how this will factor into their legacies as artists because I know for a fact that's something that an artist like Lady Gaga is thinking about like she's not just thinking about this single needs to come out now she's thinking about what's my legacy as an artist because she's at that point in her career um and I know a lot of other people are, are probably thinking the same thing um 
yeah, it's just, it's just weird. It's just like, it's the same thing as imagining like artists who were at their prime during like 9-11 when that happened, like Britney Spears and like Mariah Carey, like those things are in their careers forever. Like, right. Or even 2008. Exactly. Yeah. Financial crisis. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how world events coincide with music and like what causes what um, in, in terms of trends and, and popularity. So yeah, there's a lot to, to unpack here, but we are indeed trying to just take it one day at a time. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, that's probably going to be it for this week. Yeah. And we will return next week with new things. <laughs> yes, we will, as usual. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. What the what's next? Go and cash your bad checks. <laughs>
what's next? Go and cash your bad checks. <laughs>